I mean, the only thing I can think of is they do have things that go behind the mics, almost mm. like a um, like baffling that you can just like hook up behind the mics. Baffling? Yeah. What's baffling? So it's on the. You'll see it in sound studios a lot, where mm-hmm. they have like the corners. They got like that egg crate stuff. Okay. What's an egg crate? So you know when you go to the store yes. and you get eggs, mm-hmm. and they come in a crate, mm-hmm. right? What are eggs? So you know chickens? Yes. Yeah. So when they uh, poop things out of their... Uh, that's not how it works. I don't know how eggs My work. mom says that's not how it works. All right. She didn't poop me out. Did we start? Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And we have a very special guest with us this week. You may know her from PH Theater. What? Where she writes and performs plays and does improv. What? You may know her from The Wooden Spoon. What? Where she does improv for folks who have done some awesome cooking. What? You may know her from stuff she's done around Second City. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jamie Giraffe. Hello. Hey. Like sound like I said Jamie the Giraffe. Ooh. Jamie the <laughs> Giraffe. Oh, no. <laughs> She's going to eat your hair ties. Oh, it is my favorite animal. It is. Obviously. I should have brought Jerry. Note, note, Justin, you saw our conservatory show. I did. That giraffe belonged to Jamie. <gasps> did it really? Yeah. Oh, I have wow. many giraffes, so that was uh, the one that was chosen out of a very large. Let me ask you, uh, um, let me go back and I want to know more about this. Because did your giraffe inspire the song or no. did the song get, and you were just like, by the way, I have a giraffe. Yeah, it was like, by the way, uh, here I have here's seven different giraffe options. So he came up with it. The, there was no like genesis of like he didn't see something and go that would make a fun song. He just thought it up. Just I don't think anyone that can just explain goes, what James Conklin is thinking. That just kind of adds to the mystery that is him and his brain. I love that. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, during uh, <laughs> Jamie and I's conservatory show at Second City, there was a very popular and catchy song that was written by James Conklin called Jerry the Draft. <laughs> it was a crowd it, favorite. It, oh. it honestly was, there's no way to ever explain the comedic value behind that and why it worked. It was just pure insanity, and it went a little something like this. Jerry the Giraffe, he's going to steal your hair ties. Jerry the Giraffe. He's going to steal them tonight. Jerry, 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 Jerry. And he did that three different times throughout the show. And the first time confused, confuses the hell out of the audience because they're like, what the hell am I watching? He comes out again. People cheer because they're like, oh, cool, he's back. And then he comes out the third time to thunderous applause. People just lose People their damn lose minds. lose their goddamn minds. And it was the silliest thing that I remember Norm saying, People are either going to love this or they're going to hate it. But when we were practicing it, he goes, guys, we could close with this. And yeah. I was like, he's right. We could. We could close with this. <laughs> I think some like of the moms and grandmothers were like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was in the, the, the one I went to, which I think was your second mm-hmm. night. Probably uh, the, the rowdiest night that we had. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. So the rowdiest night, but there was a dude, there was a dad in the front row who was sitting next to his like teenage daughter, and he did not crack a smile <laughs> once. And every time you guys would heighten the uncomfortableness, like you could just see him go like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> just this like deep swallow, like, "How long till I can walk out? How long till I can walk out?" And that was 
equally as impressive as the show, the fact that you guys could elicit that response. I was loving that. We had yeah. one lady like that one show, and man, we loved her. She just the whole time sat so sour faced watching the show, and uh, and we we just wanted to play to her. Yeah, halfway <laughs> through the show, someone's like, "Dude, do you see that lady up front? She is not laughing at anything." I was like, "No." The next time I go out, I see her. She's just sitting there, just digging in her purse. I am not having drinking this. Drinking it. I'm like, "Come on, this is Jerry the Giraffe. We're closing the show." She, nope, nothing to, had one nothing to do with it. Just sat there, just. Mm. I'm like, wow. How how like did did it take everything in your guys' being to not pull her up from the because Jerry <laughs> there for those who didn't see the show, Jerry the giraffe ended the show ended with audience interaction where Jerry choked on a hair tie, um, as was pr- predicted in the in the song. Yes, um, and then uh, someone from the audience had to give him CPR to bring him back to life. Uh, Real smart stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, hi, hi, bro. We were, yeah. we were pushing the boundaries. And so I might how, add also that, that that Jerry the Giraffe ended the entire run of those shows. We were the last show of that oh, conservatory yeah. class, and we ended on Jerry the Giraffe. Oh, my God. That had to be, like, ridiculous. But did, how, how much did it take for you guys to not pull that lady up? I, I said afterwards, I go, guys, we missed a genuine, genuine opportunity to pull that woman <laughs> and up. And I immediately stage. said that would have been a terrible idea. <laughs> she did. She I wouldn't was like, have come yeah. up. She would have been like, no. No. Oh, you think you're funny? Huh? You think you're funny up there with your giraffe and your hair ties and your mouthwash? You think you're funny? Huh? Your ha-has and your chuckles? Huh? You think cheers is something to make sexual jokes about? Yes, always. <laughs> was that yes, the one? Always. You were, were you there for the one with the fan fiction where someone said cheers? Oh, gosh. No, I was there for Doug. Oh, God, that oh, was gross. Someone brought up Doug last night to me, the, the Doug oh. suggestion, and they were like, oh, I'll, I can't think of Doug the same way. But it was Doug and something else. What was the other one? It was Doug and, uh, oh, my God, what was the other one you guys intertwined to that? Uh, was it Harry Potter? No, it wasn't Harry Potter. Maybe Buffy. It wasn't Buffy, because that would have been a great one. I feel like Harry Potter. Harry Potter is always every suggested week. I mean, every yeah, week. that and like some Avengers or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Um, I cannot remember what the other one. But was. someone suggested Cheers one week, and Jamie is a huge Cheers yes. fan, and I go, "She is Got going my... to kill nice. that." And Giant I remember you, you said something like, "You go, I want to come where everybody knows my name," and I lost my shit backstage. That yeah, and the that's crowd a good went line. nuts. I was like, "Yeah, now we're talking." But I mean, that was an impressive because you guys would just pull. The pop references from from midair, like that was all improv, right? Like, yeah, guys, it was all yeah. improvised. So, like the fact that, like in that Cheers or in the Doug one that I saw, like you were pulling names of characters that I was like, "Fuck, I don't even like." I used to love the show, but I do not remember these character names. That's in, that's turned, really impressive. For anyone who's unfamiliar, Jamie uh, and uh, this girl Allison would improvise uh, fan fiction where they would get suggestions from the crowd from different things that they liked, and they would intertwine sexual fan fiction. And it was and the crowd. It was hysterical. It like, was that was one amazing. of the that was one of the funniest. No one parts, really yeah. saw what was coming because they just came out. They introduced themselves and they're like, "Cool, can I just get some Justin? Great. Now here's some fan fiction." And they're like, "Skeeter's dick was blue and hard." <laughs> oh yeah, it's like what? Well, that that was one of those where that dad that was in the front row when you guys launched into that, like you could just see him going, "Nope, we're not doing." That. <laughs> yeah, it's like my daughter. No, no, She's all this. That was gross. yeah. That was yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So kudos yeah. on a very highbrow show guy. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. good job on that. I, I, I was always impressed because we did a day where we, we, we talked about our... Hi, Beth. Where we did our, uh, um, our, our talents and you came in with your sex files. Yeah, I write a lot of sex files. And it was amazing. She did this thing about 
Scully and Mulder being in a, a, a barbecue There's restaurant. There's an actual episode where like they're eating barbecue and she's just like got barbecue on her face and it's really weird. And I think everything they do together is sexual. I, <laughs> oh, Mulder and Scully, there was there was something going on there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you well, can't. I mean, I mean, there was, but yeah. like you, I mean, even in the beginning, it, it, there was always this underlying tension. Yeah. And I loved it because you did this thing where it was like, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was basically like he had barbecue sauce in his face and she's like, oh, I want to. I want to lick it off his face, and it was. He just read it, and I was just sitting there the whole time, going, "Ha ha 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 ha! This is gross and awesome, <laughs> like and it. I love it." Yeah, it's funny because Allison and I both do fan fiction, but we she like is more like she seriously writes. Hers is very like flowy and lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. and always always two men. Yes, uh, and, two dudes. Yeah, and mine, I have are usually I have one about Mary Poppins and Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I try to make it ridiculous. All right, yeah. I, I don't try to be romantic about it. <laughs> no, I loved it because the stuff she read, too, was based on the show Merlin, which she just loves. loves she Merlin. loves Merlin. Wait, like the miniseries from, yes. like, the 90s? Yeah. Really? Yeah, which I've never seen, death. and I really want to, because yeah. Anthony Head is in it, and Buffy is my favorite show. The so. one the one she read was, like, Arthur coming in to talk to Merlin, but Merlin was asleep because, for some reason, or he was in a coma, and he was just unsure of himself, but he wanted to touch Merlin. And it was like, so like, ah, ah, we have to do this. But and so pretty the way she writes it. It was very so nice. Like it actually has like literary yeah. like like oomph to it. And yeah. I'm yeah. like my throbbing dick in your hole. <laughs> yes, it was so good. That's the best part, especially the way you read it too. It was just like Scully wanted Mulder so bad she could taste it. You do a great <laughs> impression of my sensual voice. Yeah, I did a right? good job. Yeah, sorry, I'm bad at impressions. I'm also bad at accents. <laughs> This is what I think you sound like. Scully wanted motors. <laughs> yeah, I have like the general like annoying like female voice I do if there's ever like I refer to like if my mom is ever annoying me or like I tell a story where she was being annoying. I'm like, meow, 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 meow. And, well, like, I mean, you just completely out of that now because you know oh. she listens. Oh, of course. All right. Yeah. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Big ups to Chris Cochran. Yeah, all day. KV, Missouri. Uh. My mom will never hear this. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah, your mom's reaction to our show was priceless. Yeah. Oh, what was the reaction? She, the Listerine scene that we do, she was like, uh, did you even understand that scene? Oh, for I'm real? Like, yeah, mom is just like making fun of Republican stuff. And then she goes, do you even know who the Koch brothers are? And then I was like, well, she's got me there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do now. If anybody <laughs> knows that scene, is hilarious because it is, there's nothing subtle about it. No, it's, it's very, it's very in her face. Very, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, do you understand that? It's like, mm, yeah, there's no subtlety to that scene whatsoever. We're saying Republicans are bad people. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah, I don't think my grandma appreciated that one. Too. Oh, your grandma was there too. <laughs> yeah, my grandma. Oh, saw the that's show. right, she did. Yeah, yeah. right on. Mm-hmm. Florida, nice. baby. <laughs> nice. Florida representing. So, since we're so good at doing highbrow material, I, I I brought some material with us today. Before that, did we get like the whole background and everything? Whole background. Yeah. On what? Like where she's from, how she got started. The Jesus whole Christ! Come on, Doug, get the fuck on this, Jamie. You want to know about me? Let's talk about you. All right. God, this is like. I'm, what am I doing? Well, we just, I mean, we got so sidetracked on, on the show. Let's talk about our yeah. show that none of these people have seen. And <laughs> no. If you go to Giggity TV, you'll be able to, uh, to GiggityTV.com. You and can pay find money. It. Or is it Giggity.TV? Uh, who gives it? It's not on Giggity. Who, who are we kidding? Yeah, it is. Don't they do everything on there? No. Ever since so. the fire, I don't think they've redo. Oh, for real? Stuff. Yeah. All right. So you guys did not get to see it. So it was an exclusive show. Yeah, right. It's go. filmed somewhere. Yeah. But. Yeah. But can you get to it? Probably, Probably not. not. So if you really want to see it, 
head over to Second City and ask them to see it. Yeah, right. There you go. Jamie, according to your Wikipedia page, you're from Florida. Yes, I was... I was Sarasota, specifically. Yes, I yes. grew up there. How did you know that? I'm... I know things. He's got it. He see how my face? <laughs> <laughs> the sadness. You got a weird air of like circus people. <laughs> Sarasota, Florida, also known where the circus was born. You know, little known fact. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the Ringling Brothers. <laughs> Thrilling stuff. <laughs> my best friend in high school was afraid of clowns. You don't want to live in Sarasota oh, if you're afraid of clowns. Oh, God. There's statues everywhere. Stop. Are there really? Yeah. There they used to be in like the downtown area. Every corner had a clown statue. Oh, no. No, 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 thank I you. I feel like that would really not do well. Like, people would be like, nope, not going. I'm out. Yeah. Later. Well, well, you don't, like, can you imagine just, like, walking, like, you're there visiting. I don't know why you would go just to, like, like, it's a, do you get a lot of tourists um, there? Yeah, it's, it's, the Siesta Key is considered one of the nicest beaches in the country. Okay, well, then yeah. there you go. Unfortunately, so, I hate the beach, so I had no use for my hometown. <laughs> I'm done with you. Yeah. I have no use for you. I but can you imagine walking around as a tourist, like, you're just drunk at night, and you're like, yeah. Having a great night, and then you just like turn the corner and happen upon like eight giant clown statues. That would ruin my fucking night. Yeah, not not a fan of that. <laughs> it at all. would ruin my night as a sober human being. Ninety nine percent. I don't of the time, think they're there anymore. Okay, I'm sorry. They didn't I, last long. <laughs> it was probably a good idea. Someone's like, eh, they're getting one of the city council voted them. those out real quick. <laughs> We're gonna pull them down like the statue to Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Rip them down. Like, here we go. There is this giant, giant statue of um, what is it, the famous like kissing the sailor. Oh, re- returning home from yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were twiddling There's, your fingers, really. Like, you know, it's the, not. Uh, oh, it's not clear. Um, <laughs> and people hate. It's like constant. Accident. Mulder wanted Scully it's caused, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's caused accidents because it's like on. It's on the side of the road, and it's really giant and weird. People don't like it. I don't. Even, I don't know if it's still there. To be honest, <laughs> it was like that giant. Uh, what the statue we had of Marilyn Monroe here a couple years ago? Oh so. yeah, yeah, and maybe even bigger than that. Oh my god. <laughs> Check it out. Blah, 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 blah. People kissing. Yeah. So what uh, What brought you from Florida to Chicago? Uh, me and a group of my high school friends all went to college together. Right, right here at Columbia, right? Right here at right, Columbia. Right nice Columbia street. grad. Yeah. Up top. Yeah. Me all too. right. Yeah. I won't high five you. Why? <laughs> too far away. All right. I'll touch it. Right next go. to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your uh, theater or? Film, actually. Film, okay. Yeah, because I went to a, my high school is a theater high school, so I thought okay. I'd mix it up. I got that. Yeah. I don't need a degree in that shit. I'm excellent at theater, so... <laughs> I theater really yeah. well. Uh, yeah. What was your concentration, though? Was it uh, I actually writing, did, producing? I didn't have one. Oh, you did? Um, okay. No, I mostly did screenwriting and, like, critical studies stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, shout out to the class that was where we only watched Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Oh, my there God. There you go. Jesus Christ. But they dissected them. I they There was a... Cl- the, we had to watch Conan the Barbarian, and the teacher was trying to say that it's a comment on the Reagan era. Okay. Arnold punches a camel in the face in that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, that's obviously, foreign policy. You that's know. where, you know, when he was uh, making ties with Saddam Hussein in the 80s and we were funded. Yeah, absolutely. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Sure. <laughs> and the part where, you know, he's tied up and he, the vulture tries to get to him and he bites the vulture's neck and it's like, that's the best part. Right. Well, yeah, no, that was obviously a commentary on uh, the you fishing know, industry. Yes, absolutely. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, those damn. Vultures are always getting those fish mm-hmm. every day. That's a fact. Look it up. Paradoxes. Paradoxes. <laughs> Great segue. Yes. I learned it from Doug. Yeah, I'm terrible at segues. We know where I grew up, where I went to college. <laughs> time for paradoxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, we're hitting the main things. So um, I saw an article the other day that listed out a bunch of, like, paradoxes and dilemmas. 
And I thought, man, what a great way for Justin to play devil's advocate as we try to wander through. I've been known to do that once or twice. Justin is known for his devil's advocate abilities, and I figured this would be really great. So, um, without further ado, um, we're going to go through a few of these and just, you know, try to wrap our heads around it, you know, and see where it goes. The first one's a math problem. I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way right now. So, I'm going to tune out. So, I'll just show this to you guys. I can see her eyes glazed over, too. We're done. Because I, I actually I had a hard time understanding this one, but I think if I got you it. had a hard time understanding it, I need help. Why the fuck do you think I'm going to have help, guys? I will be useful. Three minds. Okay, Come on. radio and film. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Well, that's why you have all this nice stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but have not figured out how to segue yet. And doesn't know what an echo screen is. What a dick. Oh. If you choose an answer at random, what is the chance you will be correct? Fifty percent. And the, there's there's multiple choice. Shit. Okay. A. 25%, B, 50%, C, 60%, D, 25%. What was A again? 25%. Okay, wait. So <laughs> if you, you choose you an answer, so if I choose one of these answers at random, so it's 100%, because I'm going to choose one of these answers at random. See, there it goes. There's devil's advocate right away, right, right? out of the gate. If you choose an answer at random, they give you four choices. What are the chances you will be correct? Does it mean... Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Because any answer to any question or a multiple choice question? So if you were to choose one of these answers at random, 25%, 50%, 60%, or 25%. What are the chances you'd be correct in what you chose? Yes. Uh, what is the fucking question? <laughs> the question is... No, that's not a, that's a riddle. Wait, that's not a fucking paradox. Are 25%? I don't understand. See, the thing that I think I'm trying to figure fi- out here... So would it be 50? You have 50% It'd chance 50. of being right. And I was, I'd like to point out, that's what I first screamed out. Are you sure you'd be 50% chance? Because there's two 25% and one 50%. Yes. If I chose, <laughs> if I chose an answer at random, I have a 50% chance of being right in this, in this scenario. You sure it's not 75%? 100%. <laughs> I feel like we're doing the game, the change game that people do when they come up and you're like, yeah, I'll take change for a five. Wait, why this? And they go back and forth. They're like, wait, what have I done? And 50% final answer. I, I agree. I don't have an answer to this. Wait, what? They, they don't give an answer? No. I'm That's, done with this podcast. Okay. No. <laughs> I need to know. Don't bring it up if you don't have an answer. That's why I'm saying it because it was a question. It's like, what Damn it. Because it's, it's, it's mind melting. I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, I feel like we both came to 50% pretty quickly. I'm, you guys. <laughs> that was a terrible high five. <laughs> you didn't look at each other's elbows. That's why. But, okay. So. Do you see the paradox in it? What? No, I don't. Because it's a stupid question. <laughs> because it's okay if you choose. I'm an so glad answer I started random, with the math one. If you choose an answer at random, what is the chance you will be correct? It doesn't. There is no like the question does not fit the answer. So sure it does. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. How? So based on if you randomly chose right. an answer, one of those answers. Yes. Right. And these are percentages. So how do you? Okay, so here's let me let me let me take that back a step. What are you gauging the right answer against? I don't understand the question. Okay, let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of this. So if you okay, so if you were to choose one of one of these uh-huh. and say that's the right answer, yes. Okay. What are the chances you'd be correct? That's the right one? answer to what question? Doesn't matter. That's not. No, the, no. See, it does. No, that's it the thing. No. Yeah. No. Doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense to me that two of the answers are the same. That's the part that makes it weird because two of those are 25%, which would be 50% chance, but also one of the answers is 50%. No, okay. You, you, I think we can move on. I'm over it. But you have to, you have to look at this as, as the 
is only a one of the four answers. Exactly. Two of the answers are the same, mm-hmm. and that's half of all the answers. Which is 50%. Right. So you're not choosing the answer. <laughs> like, are you doing this just to fuck with me? No, or are you trying to figure it out? No. Because I'm giving you the answer. <laughs> I'm like, giving you the like, answer. I know the answer. I'm giving you the, the answer right 50%. now. You're not choosing the number. You're t- Take the numbers out. If you were to mm-hmm. choose A, essentially you're saying A, B, C, or A. Mm-hmm. You have two A's. That's a 50% chance. Yeah. You're not choosing the 50%, which is B. You're choosing either A or A, mm-hmm. and that's 50%. There we go. Man, your oh. audience must love this. <laughs> Where's Bellucci? <laughs> no, you, know, you know who's going to love this is going to be Wayne. Oh, Wayne's going to be like, you're <laughs> fucking wrong, and here's why. All right. Here we go. This is okay. No more math. All right. Okay, good. That, I wanted to get that. I one was out about her. to walk away. You were going to co-host the rest <laughs> I, of this. I started, I started thinking about what I'm going to drink later. <laughs> So this one's called Molly New's Problem. What? Say that again? Molly New. He's French. Oh, okay. It's Molly Nix. That's probably how you the, the average English person would say it. I thought it gave him something other than water. <laughs> Molly New. <laughs> Molly New's Problem. If a man born blind can feel the differences between shapes such as spheres and cubes, could he, if given the ability to see but now without recourse to touch, Distinguish those objects by sight alone in reference to the tactile, that's just too fancy a word, schemata he already possessed. So, to repeat that, if a man is born blind, and by being blind, never been able to see, he's able to hold a sphere and a cube. He's able to tell the difference between them, but then he's, he's given sight. Mm. And just by pure looking at them and not touching them, could he tell the difference between a sphere and a cube? I think so. It's a well, good one. Right? You say you think so? Yeah, but now, because I was like, because it has points, but maybe he doesn't know what a point is. But it's easy. It's hard for me to to put my mind in that because I can see and I, I have mean, been able to see my entire life. If I base my th- entire th- th- seeing ability, I said seeing in quotes for those who are listening, on feeling alone, on on touch, and you could determine that yeah, these things, two things are different. But if you were then just to look at it. Would you be able to tell the difference? I'd like to say yeah. I'm leaning. Like to, I'm leaning towards yes. I like to because when you think of a cube, you think of the edges. But like then, like Jamie said, would they be able to look at that and be like, yes? But when you're like, oh, I remember that being super smooth. Sure. And like that, you still have the concept of, of yeah. what smooth sure. is. Yeah. Of of like, oh, there's a right like yeah. odds are you've probably got you've had some geometry. Mm-hmm. Like they've probably said, you know, a right angle is a a straight line meeting another. Like they've probably. Odds are you've gone through and like had stuff explained to you, sure. and probably felt it as it's being explained. So I'd like to think that you could. Yeah, unless this person was like locked in a room their whole life for the purpose of just this one experiment. No, I think it's the idea of touch versus sight. You know, just the different forms of learning. If you'd be able to, you know, and for me, I'm like I don't know. I've seen things. Well, let me ask you this: If you so, let's say he uh, let's reverse it. Okay. Okay. So let's say he had sight. Uh, and had never touched anything, but then he was all of a sudden given the use of his hands, and then he was able to. So, like, if he but saw, he had to close his eyes, right? So, if he saw, like, let's say, if he saw green and he saw red, and then he closed his eyes and touched green and red, could he tell the difference between the colors? I feel like green and red are two different yeah, things. Well, yeah, there's it's green and red. Mm-hmm. But they but don't what if feel he's red, like. What anything. if he's red, green, colorblind? No, so he's not colorblind. Because if he's colorblind, he wouldn't be able to tell the difference by touching them. Yellow and blue. Okay, that's different. Because right. that's green. Yellow and blue. Yeah, that makes right. green. Orange and blue. 
Bears. Go Bears. Your shirt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that works the same when you flip it. <laughs> like, can you touch colors? I just wanted to see if I could actually get you guys discussing could you touch colors. We and, both, I, and I succeeded, so it was funny I It's funny because you were like, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the, the confidence behind it, I was like, okay, you must be serious. <laughs> I, I think so, he can tell the difference. You think he can Between tell the colors? Difference? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to believe that he probably could, but at the same time, I understand the, the dilemma with it is because just sight alone. It's the thing, I get poked the me. One's going to poke him. And if you look at two things, like which of those things would have poked me? <laughs> I think, I'm sure that's the exact thing that went through. Like, which one of those things like, is pokey? Like, you know when you walk into like the side of like a countertop? It's like that's the, that's the cube. If all of a sudden he goes... That's the thing I've been running into all my life. <laughs> Fuck you. He flips the table over. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> cool. All uh, right. Now that's the, a good paradox, though. I, yeah. I, I see the. I see where it comes in, but I... Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is the teletransportation paradox, also known as a Star Trek teleporter paradox. Okay. Philosopher Derek Parfit... As the reader to imagine entering a teletransporter, a machine that puts you to sleep, then destroys you, breaking you down into atoms, copying the information, and relaying it to Mars at the speed of light. On Mars, another machine recreates you from local stores of carbon, hydrogen, and so on, each atom in exactly the same relative position. Parfit poses the question of whether or not the teletransporter is a method of travel. Is the person on Mars the same person as the person who entered the teletransporter on Earth? Well, we've had this debate before on this podcast. Yeah. Why Mars? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. Why Mars? Why are you going there? It could be anywhere you want, Jamie. Okay. It could be Disney World. It could be not. Okay. Well, I feel like that makes a difference. Between <laughs> Chicago and Sarasota. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> so it's not actually transporting the atoms it's basically it's a it's a fax machine essentially it is essentially it's a fax machine okay well my first thing is like what you know when you like try to fax something you get like it's out of paper like what happens if like you're out of the substances sorry we're low on we're low on hydrogen over here you're not going to get exactly what you need (laughs) like that sucks i would not want to do this first off but i i would say no if it's not actually transporting the atoms then it's not the same part if it's realigning other atoms in the same thing, then I would say it's not the same person because you are made up of the atoms you're made up of. So mm-hmm. if you get re, if if an image of you gets recreated with other atoms, that's not you. But saying like your conscious traveled and everything like that, and you and you basically woke up on the other end thinking <clears throat> like, wow, that was great. I just teleported. Well, you're how are they transporting your conscience though? Yeah, well, are you con- consciousness? I mean, they are. They're doing it. How? I don't, I don't how, why is there a thing on Mars? We can't live on Mars. We can't go to Mars. Why are we transporting to Mars? It's a dead planet, man. In a hundred years, it's been terraformed. All right, <laughs> and they're showing the hundred-year video, the hundred-year oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, did you hear about that? The movie that uh, Robert Robert Rodriguez and John Malkovich created this what? movie that will only be viewed in the Cannes Festival in twenty-one fifteen. It's in a lot time lock safe. And the oh safe gosh. will open in 100 years, so no, none of us will get to see it. What? That's yeah. It's called 100 Years, the movie you'll never see. Weird. Right? I like that. <laughs> I'm a little sad about it, though. <laughs> I know. I too. love Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. So the idea was to try and predict what the, what the future would be like in 100 years. Interesting. On, on, They're going to watch it and just laugh at us. Yeah. 
silly mortals. Or the world will be dead. Exactly. Right. I was like, to, to, to assume the Cannes Festival is going to be around in 100 years <laughs> is pretty pretentious. It's also sponsored by Louis the Fourteenth, right? 13th? Thir- I don't know. I don't know. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's sponsored by some fancy cognac that you have to remortgage your house to buy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Ew, Mars cognac. travel. Yes. So, if you enter the teletransporter, it breaks you down and then recreates you on the other end. Are you the same person or no? Justin says no. I would say no just because I don't it, – nowhere in there does it talk about actually transporting your conscience. So I don't think – or your consciousness. I don't think you could – I think if they're just – You don't come out other, the other end just going, uh, or anything like that. Like you don't come out the other end like, who am I? What am I? The idea is that your consciousness would also come with you. I, I Even though it's your conscience, I don't think it's you because it's not your – even though it's – it's it's like making a 3D model. You can have two like I'm struggling to get a good analogy. You say things, Jamie. Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm thinking of like clones. Yeah. Like, so yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> What's that movie? Uh, this the with Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh. where oh, six uh, he's day. A, the sixth day, and like they have like the little dots on their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought of. Or multiplicity, I, I which was on yesterday. I really have that on my brain, Arnold. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, I'm abstaining. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still say no. Like it's a copy of what you are. It's not your original atoms and molecule. It's it's not it's not the original you. So the original you is gone forever. Is Basically. So even though, like, is, is it sticking point with you, the consciousness part of it? Like, even if that was able to transfer over and you were to come out the other end knowing, like, I just t- I just was transported. Well, it's the same thing if you upload your... We, we talked about this the other... Uh, again, mm-hmm. like if you uploaded your... In the transcendental one that we did. Yeah. If you upload your consciousness into a computer, is that still you? Mm-hmm. Like, what makes you, you? Is it, the sp- is it the soul or the spirit? Or is it the... You know, is it that you stay, you know, the original, like, you know, like, shell that you came in? Like... Mm-hmm. At what point are you still you? At what point do you cease to be you? So I think if you upload your consciousness, I don't think that's you. I think that's that's it's data at that point. That's all it is. Interesting. A similar paradox is I think it's called the ship of Thetis or okay. ship of Thessaly. It's a Greek ship that um, people eventually have replaced all the different pieces of the ship over the years. Yeah. So none of the remaining items that were on the ship, like like all the wood and everything, has been replaced over the years. Is it still the same ship? If you replace the whole thing bit by bit over exactly. a, a long period of or time. Or if you want to think, I have a car, and over time I replace the engine, I replace the transmission, the wheels, right. you know, and all that sort of stuff. And over time, is it still the same car? In that regard, I would say yes, because you're not going to really replace, like, you're not tearing off your door, you're not tearing off, like, you know, the chassis still, like, there's, like, most of the car is going to be the same. Sure, but, I mean, imagine if you did. Right. If you did replace the, even if it would replace it with the exact, like, a different door, because your door broke, and then... Well, one could argue, what is it, is it, like, every seven years, all your cells regenerate, or something like that? I like that you looked at me as if I would have any idea. <laughs> I just feel like you would know that. Like, <laughs> you seem like someone who knows about Somewhere. cell regeneration. I, but have you, have you heard that? Like, every, mm-hmm. like, there's, like, every seven years, like... Your cells re- are constantly regenerating, like dying off and regenerating. So they say every seven years, and I don't know how accurate that timeline is, but every X number of years, you're, you have gone through a cycle of all of your cells have died and regenerated like at, at, throughout that time. So theoretically, you know, if, if we're looking in that regard, then I would say, yes, I suppose the time travel thing would be the same person because 
you know, you could argue that you're not, I'm not the same person as I was seven years ago, literally, yeah. cellular, on a cellular level. So, mm-hmm. what about the ship, though? <laughs> I think that's, the ship thing's interesting yeah. because it, at one point, the first, like, the first stage of the ship was the same as the middle stage of the ship. Mm-hmm. And then the end is the same as the middle. Yeah. But it's not the same as the first thing. So. Yeah. Clearly, I don't have. I can't even figure out the full house house. <laughs> I'm talking about this stuff. You love Full House, don't I you? I really do. <laughs> have you watched Fuller House? Oh, I watched it all the day it came out. There you go. All right. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Justin's like gross. <laughs> I didn't say gross. I watched the pilot. I wanted to I see what it was about. I Good for you. Pilot. I'm glad someone did. It gets better. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yes, I brought. Like, is it great? Mm, no, is the, fir- the the first episode's pretty bad. All right, <laughs> but I love it, and I can't wait for season two. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is. I, I think the ship one is is actually a, an easier argument to have than yeah. the teleporting mm. one. Um, sure. Which which so I I would say. Yeah. I mean, because in, in, it's it's a little bit. Because the ship is not living. Right. The, so the, the, the teletransportation yeah. one is your. You, yeah. Yeah. Like you're, because I mean, when you're reconstructing the body, like you're 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 reconstructing the brain, and then it's all the synapses that are firing, and all the like the chemicals that are within. So like, I I just don't know how I feel. About, I don't know if I can be convinced that it's the same exact, yeah, you know, being that left or that was deconstructed. But the ship, now that one's interesting. I, yeah. what do you think of the ship? Do you think it's the same ship? It's weird because I think that what it's getting to the heart of it is like what. At what point does it change? At what point does it become something else? Because with the ship, is it fifty percent? Is it fifty-one percent? Right? Or is it like just because you replace something on it, does that change the ship? You know, it's like it has the same name. Exactly, like right. the same people are operating it, are still owned by the same person. It's doing the same thing that it's always done. It's a ship. It's your ship. You know, so even if you make some modifications to it, you know, it's it's yeah. you know, I, again, that goes to something deeper that's less physical and more like no, no, this is this is you know. I can repaint my car, but it's still my car. Right. I can, you know, put rims on it. You know, I can replace the suspension, but this is still my car. Yeah, it's still going to have the same nickname. You know, you know, dump truck <laughs> or whatever this people call. Never want to ride in your car. <laughs> Who wants to get a ride in dump truck? Vroom vroom. I hate it. <laughs> my so we'll, n- nickname for my truck in in high school was Blue Lightning. Hmm. All right, that's kind of sexy. Yeah, I'll give you that. My car in high school is named El Rey after the character from Grindhouse, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Justin, what was your car's name? Uh, Mystique. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a Mercury Mystique. Nice. So I just named it Mystique. Right. Very, very original. Yeah. You're creative when you, in your younger years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for a while, I was driving my mom's uh, green Ford Windstar. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was just called Big Green. <laughs> I, thought called, I thought you were going to say it's called Windstar. <laughs> I was called the Fuck Wagon. <laughs> Who wants to take a ride in the fuck wagon? Now you watch. This is going to be the one episode that my mom goes, I should probably listen to his podcast. What did you do in my car? The what wagon? The what wagon? The, the, yeah, you got busted. Blah. Blah. It was they, a while ago, Mom. They entered the fuck wagon. <laughs> Scolder and Molly entered the fuck wagon. Doug and Skeeter entered the, the fuck wagon. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about yourself for a second. <laughs> I know. I can't Why is he talking to the third person? All right, here and comes Skeeter. <laughs> oh shit! So here comes one of my my favorite ones. I was trying to after reading about this without notes. I was trying to explain it to Jill, and halfway through, I had to quit and be like, "I'm sorry, I have to talk about something else." It's called oh, the it's called the crocodile dilemma. All right, all right. 
The premise states that a crocodile who has stolen a child, details are not important here. I feel like they are. Nope, nope. Crocodile He's stolen nope. a child. That, that means that there's like premeditated theft yep. involved. Yep. He's like getting a rope up the like the kid's side of the house. No, no. So they were in a zoo okay. and oh, okay. the parents were not paying attention oh. to him. Oh, and yeah. and he cool. just kind of reached up and grabbed him. All right. All right. The crocodile who's stolen a child promises the father or mother or both, whatever. That their child will be returned if okay. This is I'm also sorry. A ta- it's also a talking crocodile. Why does it have to be a crocodile? <laughs> Tell me it's imperative that this is a crocodile later on. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so, a crocodile who has stolen a child promises the father and mother that the child will be returned if and only if they correctly predict what the crocodile will do next. The tra- so. They have to decide whether or not, they have to guess whether or not the crocodile is either going to give the child back or keep it. Okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait. So, so they have to predict. So the crocodile takes the, the kid uh-huh. and he says, you can get the kid back if you correctly predict whether or not I'm going to give it back or not. Yeah. Say, be like, am I going to predict whether or not I'm going to give the child back? So. Okay. Here's where, here's where it goes. The transaction. Here's where it gets weird. Here's where it, all right. The transaction <laughs> is logically smooth. But unpredictable if the parent guesses that the child will be returned. But a dilemma arises for the crocodile if the parent guesses that the child will not be returned. The idea being that if the the parent is correct and says, I don't think you're going to give the child back, what does the crocodile do? He can't give the child back because they guess that he will, his action is he won't give the child back. This is like the like the lying one from the, the labyrinth. Exactly, it is. Yeah, it's two two characters. Like one of us is telling the truth, one of us is telling yeah. a lie. But you can only ask one of us a question. Hmm. So, is that it? Or I can go on more. It describes it a little more in detail. Sure. Yeah, so, I feel like that's going to help me. Okay. So, uh, in the case that the crocodile decides to keep the child, he violates his terms. The parent's prediction has been validated, and the child should be returned. However. In the case that the crocodile decides to give the child back, he still violates his terms, even if this decision is based on the previous result. The parent's prediction has been falsified, and the child should not be returned. The question of what the crocodile should do is therefore paradoxical, and there's no justifiable solution. Or is there? Disagree. Disagree. Let's hear it. Disagree. Here we go. Interested. So. (laughs) So. Lay it out for me. If the... the parents say you're not going to give him back. And the croc and and the croc wasn't going to give him back. He has to give him back. I'm just trying to like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to lay it out to make sure, sure I understand. So he has to give him back. In doing so, he has then given the child back. The parents are wrong, and so he should be able to keep the child. Is that kind of the run through that again? So the <laughs> the parents say I'm guessing you're not going to give us our child back. Mm-hmm. The croc's like you're right. Mm-hmm. So per the terms of our agreement, I'm going to give him back to you now. But in doing so, that negates what the parents said. The parents are wrong because the croc is giving the child back. It also it's it's both of that. So because if if they're guessing that he's not going to give the child back, and they're correct, and then he gives the child back, he's violating the terms that he set up. Because he's like, you have to guess what I'm going to do correctly, and they're like, you're not going to give it back. And that was correct. That was correct. So he should give it back, but that's what he was going to do was not give the child back. Right. Okay. So this is where I think this is where I think <laughs> the, Jamie's the looking log- intently. She's like, mm. this is where I think the logic mm. comes in is because okay. it's not based off the reward and the action. The, the reward and the wager are two different things. Mm-hmm. 
So the wager is what what are you going to do without us, without our interference? What do we think you are going to do? Mm-hmm. Do you think we're, you're going to be nice and give it back, or do we think that you're going to be an asshole and keep our kid? Mm-hmm. Um, the reward for that, if they are correct, is they get their kid back, regardless of what the wager is. So it's two separate things. Mm-hmm. So the wager is you're. I'm going to say, you know, you are pre predetermined to not give us this back. You're deciding that. Mm-hmm. And that's correct. I was not going to give them back to you. Since you have correctly guessed, the wager is now done, and the reward is that I'm going to give them back to you. Interesting. So I think you can draw a definitive line and separate wager and reward. I think this talking animal um, plans, no matter what, to keep the kid. He went through the trouble to get the kid. I think that no matter what happens, he's going to keep it. He's just going to lie. Did you play out like a, like a heist movie in your head, basically? Oh, I have a lot of visuals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. Good, good. And like, the weird thing is the crocodile is like standing upright, which is strange. Because like, how would he stand like, he, with his tail? I imagine he has a monocle. Oh, yeah, for sure. Top yeah. hat, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a well-dressed croc. Yeah. I have your child. Mm. <laughs> I have, mm. If you want him back... You'll have to guess whether or not I'll give him back to you. Balls in your court. <laughs> Honey? The crocodile's British. What? Why do why does our why does the crocodile have our son, Hank? He's Mommy, wet. Daddy, save me, please! Hank, you son of a bitch! You weren't watching him, were you? Someone call the zoo, shoot this fucking croc. <laughs> Rest in peace, Arambe. <clears throat> so so you think the croc went through a lot of trouble to get this to get this kid? I think he's keeping the kid. So <laughs> no matter what happens, regardless. So if you guess, let's put it this way: you can't trust a croc. No. When is you? When have you I'm ever? I'm Florida. I know what's up. Right there, you go. You, mm-hmm. they, literally, they're everywhere. Yeah, and they do. They never keep their words. No. So if you were to guess, yeah, you're not giving my kid back, and you're just saying he would just lie and be like, "No, I was going to give it back. Sorry." Boop, yeah. Boop, boop. Untrust with the croc. So what you got to do is you have to ask the crocodile to write on a piece of paper oh, yeah. his intentions. Ah. Fold it up, put it in a sealed envelope, and you put it in between the two of you on the table. That exactly. changes the game a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you have to have a third party come in. <laughs> we have a notary. Open yeah. the envelope and, and read <laughs> An it arbitrator. off. Yep, exactly. It's like, yes, we all agree to these terms. And yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm in agreement. Honey, do you agree? <laughs> Just give me the goddamn He's child. eating my leg. Don't everyone call down. Someone call the goddamn zoo people. All right, we agreed to the terms. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. We've officially, you know, take that crocodile dilemma. <laughs> that was so much Boom. fun. All right. I think this is Epitomendes. It's Greek. All right. Epitomendes paradox. If a man says, I always lie, is that statement true or false? Oh, yeah, this old. That old chestnut? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't I didn't impress you guys with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other one was so involved. In <laughs> yeah. I love that. I was like, all right, so crocodile stolen a child. You're both like, whoa, 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 whoa. Details. Nope, not important. Not important. <laughs> They're in space. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, he could be lying about that, but that doesn't mean he's always lying. You can, like, I can say I... Like, I always lie, and that's a lie, but it doesn't mean I always lie. Uh, so you're looking at it from, like, a test-taking standpoint, where if any part of this statement is false, the statement is false. Yes. Yes. <laughs> True. Ah, see? But I, no, I, I, I see what you did. Um, I, I, I see what you did. I don't know. 
Well, I, I truly don't know how to debate this one. Yeah, I always lie. True or false? Hook him up to lie detector. <laughs> there's, there's your answer. Just, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut this fucker right open. Get him on a polygraph test. Let's do this. So you're you're saying that hit him with the truth serum. He could be lying about that statement, but that doesn't make him a f- an always liar. But that'd be a hard way to live. But he's saying that's right? he's that's what he's saying. He's saying I always lie. I mean, maybe he's just really good at keeping all of them straight. I guess it sounds like a lie. So, so you, th- so so it's you false? think it just sounds like a lie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How is he delivering the line? To a, you? Yeah. Yeah. He's like. How do you hear it? I always lie. Yeah, that guy's. <laughs> that's a liar. It's a dirty liar. That guy is a, <laughs> literally a dirty liar. Hey, hey, Jamie. I always lie. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've done my job. For the I creep someone out. Woo! I like to lie in the... Was, oh, I, it was a fuck machine? <laughs> the fuck wagon? The fuck wagon. fuck wagon. I ruined that joke, God. I'm, I'm hey, done. Hey, Jamie, I always lie. Now come get in the fuck wagon. <laughs> I couldn't say that. That's so awful. I know, right? I don't like that you look at me when you say <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll close my eyes. If I close my eyes... It's not better. It's it, not does better. It doesn't make it's it better? No? Better. Everyone close their eyes. It's going to get weird. <laughs> Honey, the Kraken changing the terms on us. Yes, I always lie. True or false? Monocle, monocle, monocle. Everybody has a monocle. <laughs> Mars full of monocles. Full of monocles, man. Jesus Christ. Does the monocle get transported? If, yeah. Okay. It's made of atoms and hydrogen and carbon. It's definitely made of carbon. We know that for sure. Absolutely. So, I always lie. True or false? You say false. I say true. Awesome. Well done. Okay, moving on to the... Good job, team. (laughs) Go, guys. Uh, We're solving problems Agree to disagree. Moving on to the trolley problem. There's a runaway trolley barreling down the railway tracks. Ahead on the tracks, there are five people tied up and unable to move. The trolley is headed straight for them. You are standing some distance off in the train yard next to a lever. If you pull this lever... Do that one, too. Lever. The trolley will switch to a different set of tracks. However, you notice that there is one person on the side track. You have two options. One, do nothing, and the trolley kills the five people on the main track. Two, pull the lever, diverting the trolley onto the side track where it will kill one person, which is the correct choice. I mean, this is... I took a philosophy class in college, and this was like the like day one. Like, yeah. this is the, you like the utilitarian... Or exactly. You, yeah, the, mm-hmm. yeah, mentality. is. I think they had us... Who was in a cave and it was filling up with water, mm-hmm. and you basically it basically was sacrificing one for the many or letting like the one person live. And yeah. I, I would I'm going to say well it depends who's who's on the other side. Like is it so like is it like Chris Hardwick because I'm letting those five people die if it's like just one dude if I if I like that guy he's living. You don't know any of them. I don't know any of them. Mm-hmm. Ah, well you sacrifice one for the many. Jamie. Yeah, I guess you can't stop the train. <laughs> I guess. Can you derail it and then kill the conductor? <laughs> no. No. So there's there's obviously like you you brought up there's two uh, philosophical ideas one's utilitarian like you know save the most amount of people right. that you can the other one is um, an alternate viewpoint is that since moral wrongs are already in place in the situation excuse me moving to another track constitutes a participation in the moral wrong making one partially mm. responsible for the death when otherwise no one would be responsible oh that's an interesting thought yeah. Okay, I can't. I really can't even come up with a good devil's advocate argument. Well, I would that. also say that by doing nothing, 
you're also intentionally killing five people. Because the thought is that you are murdering someone by switching the track, but somehow you're not murdering the people if you let it go because it's already happening. But I would argue that you're also murdering those five people because even though everything's already happening and in place, so either by way, not well, acting... Hold on. So either way, you're a murderer? Like by, by just standing like... It, by proximity, you're a murderer? I don't like this game at all. Like no. I decided to take a nice walk through the train yard. Right? I'm, what are you doing at the train yard? I'm taking a nice walk. You're not taking a nice walk. You're doing those drugs down by the train yard. If I'm being honest, that is where the alligator, or the crocodile, has set up the meeting place to do the swap with He's my like, child. Okay. I'll meet you down at the train yard. Monocle, monocle, monocle. <laughs> but the train yard is on Mars. <laughs> Obviously. To get there, yes. we have to tra- transport. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> but which answer are we going to pick? Yeah. And right. are we 50% right? 25% right? 60% <laughs> right? I don't know. Paradox. <laughs> <laughs> Has this whole podcast been a paradox? Maybe. Fuck. Um, I I just I mean I disagree with the thought that if you do if you're in proximity of this event happening and you do nothing you're a murderer either way. Well, I would I say it's it's more of like with great responsibility comes great power. How many people are on the train? I don't know. It doesn't say. Because we could maybe blow up the train. It's like a rogue train. <laughs> I would say there's no one on the train. It's automatic. And blow it up. Oh, yeah. Just blow like, up the train. Yeah, put a penny on the track and derail it. But if you do that, you'll destroy the whole wor- the Earth's water supply because all that's on the train. The whole that's Earth's that. water supply is yeah. on one train. Yeah. I don't think the tracks For- could support that. Yeah, it's, this is a new age train. It's, it's, you know, yeah. I guess if it is on Mars, it would yeah. make sense. It's, yeah. it's true. There's no water there, so we had to transport it. So you yeah. kill everyone if don't, don't do this. Well, then you switch it over. You kill the one dude. No, sorry. You kill the five, and then you and the other dude just, like, split the water. <laughs> You live oh, forever. I do like that. Because I thought it was an interesting idea of going, you are actually murdering someone if you actually change the tracks, but somehow you're not by not doing anything, by just letting those five people die. Right. I mean, I would, I would think it would Because be- if you have the choice, either way you're going to be killing someone, and by, doing, by choosing to do nothing and letting it go, you still have the opportunity to save those five people, so would you still be considered a murderer? Or if we do a different situation, it's like, if you had a choice to save... One person or five people that are drowning. If you choose the one person to save, you let five people drown. If you choose to save the five people, you let one person drown. You still are responsible. Yes. Put yourself in the on the track. Mm-hmm. That changes it. One hundred percent. I was going to say, like, I think that's where the the I think that's where we did in philosophy class is like you were basically you were trying to get out of the cave. Mm-hmm. Something was happening. I think those water was filling up the cave, and you were trying to get out, but there's only one like hole. So you could you got stuck, so, but mm-hmm. your your head was above the water, right? Gotcha. So okay. no one else could get no one else could try to get out because you were there. So they have some dynamite. So it's either blow you up and everyone gets out, or let you live and everyone, everyone else dies. has to die. Interesting. And so they put you in the middle of the in That's the middle a, of that. Interesting decision. when you do that because yeah. it changes everything drastically. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, it's self-preservation versus, you know, the, the lives of men. If you're looking as an outsider, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, whatever you do, is, it's just, I mean, yeah. It's a Hydra decision. Hydra's like, we're going to get, you know, <laughs> peace and harmony in this world by eliminating a few hundred million to save a, several billion. I te- you do a long blink mm-hmm. as the train's barreling down, <clears throat> and, you, oh, I missed my opportunity. Uh-oh. Not my fault. I killed five people. Flip a coin, leave it up to fate. What do you think? Yeah. Is the lone person cute? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who is it? That's what I'm saying. You don't know. Obviously, that makes a decision. But if, if, if you don't know them either way, 
it's probably if easy, it's cute. probably it's probably easier to be like, oh, like well, am I going to meet people. them later? Yeah. Right. Like, are we going to be at a bar and it's going to be just, awkward? Like, just, Ooh. like, thank you so much for saving my life. Let's make out. Right. But wouldn't you say let's you get have, in the fuck wagon? Let's see where this goes. If you don't know though, but you have greater odds if you save the five people. I was going to say, are all five of them cute though? Too you don't know, like, but <laughs> you got to play the odds at that point in time. Saving five versus saving one. I don't know. I I I would say if you were like gun to your head, and you had to make a decision on which God one to go to. God is watching. <laughs> sure, yeah, if we want to go that route. <laughs> God is watching. Um, no, I, it, gun to your head, I would say, I guess technically at that point, it's, you're, you're still putting We're yourself... We're this. I would say you're still putting yourself in the paradox then because if you do nothing, you get shot. Mm-hmm. So self-preservation. But gun to your head, I say kill the one, leave the money. Yeah, I think you, I, I you kind of have to. All right, you, you intervene and you become a murderer. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I, I guess that makes the most sense. Guys, yeah, assuming you don't know who they are, you kind of have to yeah. do... Knowing myself, I think I would panic and I wouldn't pull it in time. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Shit, 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 shit. <laughs> just dancing in a yeah. circle going, I don't know what to do. All right, I got one more here. All right, let's hit it. All right, All right. it's called the knowledge argument. All right. Are we going to do the Fermi paradox at any point? No, that's okay. not on here. We've already done that. I just like bringing it up every podcast. For, Fermi, I love that name, Fermi. Knowledge argument. So, Mary is a brilliant scientist who blah, blah, blah. Mary is a brilliant scientist who is for whatever reason forced to investigate the world from a black and white room via black and white television monitor. She specializes in neurophysiology, a vision and acquires uh, let us suppose all the physical information there is to know about what goes on when we see ripe tomatoes or the sky and the use of terms red, blue and so on. She discovers, for example, just which wavelength combinations from the sky stimulate the retina, and exactly how this produces uh, via the central nervous system, the contraction of the vocal cords and expulsion of air from the lungs that results in the uttering of the sentence, the sky is blue, blah, blah, blah. Basically, she knows everything there is to know about color and everything. She knows exactly how it works, how your brain you know, interprets it and everything like that. She can give you all the scientific explanation behind that. What will happen when Mary is released from her black and white room or is given a color television monitor? Will she learn anything or not? I think she'll learn how it feels to see colors. Interesting. From an emotional standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it says, in other words, Mary is a scientist who knows everything there is to know about science of color but has never experienced color. The question that Jackson raises is, once she experiences color, does she learn anything new? Yeah, I would agree with that completely. I, I think, yeah, she experiences the, it's more of the ethereal side of it, of mm-hmm. like, what, like, how does it, she knows how it makes people feel, she doesn't feel how it makes them feel. Yeah, I mean, she could scientifically tell you what's happening in your brain, Yeah, but to see it is one of those things, or to experience it, it I think it, it, she will absolutely learn something new. Yeah. It, it, you know, I can only imagine what it would be like to see... I remember what was it? I think one of my teachers in college was saying how she had horrible eyesight for a really long time, and then one day she got glasses and she started crying. And her mom's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, you have to wear your glasses." She's like, "No, I'm crying because I can see everything clearly." That happened right. to my roommate as a kid. She didn't know like what like grass looked like. Really? Yeah. She and then like it and Just finally terrible eyesight. Yeah, and yeah. finally she got glasses and realized like whoa. Yeah, that she really explains cool. the story better, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what? 
There's also like that beautiful video of like the the baby who like they oh. had to get her little baby glasses because she couldn't see. And as they're putting it on her, she's like shaking her face around and everything. And then like she opens her eyes and she's like yeah. blinking and like looking around. And she looks at her parents and she smiles like for the first time. Like, oh hey, I can see you. It's the most adorable thing. Sam, there's another video oh. out there where the baby gets hearing implants yes. and hears hears its mom for the first time. And oh it's, god. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. My heart. Warming. Heartwarming. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> Fuck heartwarming. that baby. Saddest video I've ever seen. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's. I think that was the paradox was designed to basically talk about. It was super complicated. The idea of knowing everything there is to know about atoms, but if you don't see them, you know, can you still learn from them? You right. Know, right. That sort of stuff. I feel like it's like just watch Pleasantville. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we should go back through real quick and just see if we can pe- if we can peg peg a movie to each one of these, cool. these paradoxes. I love that game. All right, here we go. The first one: if you choose an answer at random, what chance will you will you be correct? Beautiful Mind. Done. Nice. I was going to say good, I was going to say Goodwill Hunting, but I like I like Beautiful Mind better. I was going to say Jaws. My knees problem: if a blind man can feel the difference between shapes and spheres and cubes, could he, given the ability to see, distinguish them by sight? Daredevil. <laughs> the movie, goddamn you! Wait, oh no, no, not the movie. I take that back. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel. Is TV count? I need a shower now. Um, uh, oh wait, wait, wait! What was the uh, uh, what was the shitty Val Kilmer movie? Uh, in plain, no, not in plain sight. The one where he got he gained sight. Do you remember that one? No. Oh crap! Hold on, IMDb. Don't fail me now. Val Kilmer shouldn't have too many movies on here, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> the Saint. Yep, it was the Saints. Willow. Ah! Stupid. Um, um, what's another one with blind people? Um. Uh, what's the one with Gene Wilder? <laughs> with Gene Wilder's blind? No, it's um. Blazing see Saddles. no evil. Hear, hear no evil. Hear no evil. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, with him and Richard Pryor. Like, one of them's deaf and one of them's blind, and then they, like, team up. What? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of this movie. At first sight. Mm. Cool. I'll take yeah. it. Don't uh, watch it. <laughs> what was the one we were just talking about? <laughs> Gene Wilder. And Richard Pryor. It's, it's like, see oh, no evil, yeah, see yeah. no evil, or something like that. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going to the next one. <laughs> Teletransportation paradox. Star Trek? Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Star Trek, Star. I mean, yeah. Let's let's any any space movie. Uh, the crocodile dilemma. Crocodile dilemma. Crocodile, yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it, damn you! I was gonna say gator. <laughs> Some bird. Sharknado. The uh, Epenemendes paradox. If I always lie, is that statement true or false? Liar, liar. Yep. Nice. <laughs> nice. It is see no evil, hear no evil. By the cool. way. Cool. Yeah. The trolley problem. Uh, that made me think of Star Trek too, because it made me think of Spock. True, but oh, the, oh, I was in my head. Honestly, I was just like San Francisco. Like, what was the, the trolley problem? Yeah, the needs yeah. of a few. Oh yeah, that could totally mm-hmm. be yeah. But we can't use Star Trek twice, so I think it's yeah. Else. And the other one definitely works better. Um, um, Under Siege Two can't hardly wait. What Under Siege Two takes place on a train? Okay, <laughs> great. Have you seen that movie? Nope. No, it's not good. <laughs> Is um, who's in it? Uh, Steven Seagal. Okay, yeah, a friend of mine has got that movie poster for his birthday. <laughs> what? Under Siege two or one? I think two. Oh, okay. oh my god, that one is so bad. very specific. Yeah, I think Catherine Heigl's in that too. What? Yeah, it's Ugh. one of her earlier roles. Yeah, boof. Let's move on. And then finally, the knowledge argument, Pleasantville. So. I mean, yeah, that one, yeah, yeah, 
Nice. Guys, oh, fun uh, game, guys. I have I like to say, I, we successfully destroyed those paradoxes. My God, and yeah. Dilemmas. Paradox. And we created a great new ki- crocodile character. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will take a child. <laughs> Paradox no uh, more. That's the next uh, Taken movie. Taken 4, The Crocodile <laughs> right. Dilemma. Oh <laughs> Taken 4, the crocodile, di- the crocodile Paradox. <laughs> when Liam Neeson really needs some Hey, money. Hollywood, give me a call. I got an idea for you. I got an idea. Yes. You know what? It's time for the throwdown. I you went soulful that time. Did I? No. 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 What does that mean? So Doug sings us into the throwdown each week. Yeah. Okay. He and sets th- me up. The throwdown uh, is uh, Douglas. Throw down. What? I just didn't know if you wanted to do a brief synopsis of what the throwdown is. Oh, sorry. I was like, like wait, I, I already, I already, sang, I already it. sang it, Justin. <laughs> throwdown involves two characters or two things that Justin will present to us, and then we have to logically decide who would win in a fight to the oh, death. Oh, okay. You did tell me about this. Yes. Sorry that I. So, today. Don't listen. What, one of them is for Doug. Oh. One character is for Doug, and it's. I'm going to. Br- Actually, both characters are for Doug. It's going to break his heart to have oh, one of them killed. Oh, no. no. So it's going to be Captain America. Oh, no. Versus Mr. Incredible. Oh, from The Incredibles. Oh, shit. <laughs> both Disney franchises. They are. Where these, are, these they? are These are two, like. Doug loves both of these characters. I'm not really an Incredibles fan. Where it's basically Fantastic I Four. Wasn't really when I watched it either. Yeah, Doug loves it though. It's basically Fantastic Four, <laughs> a better version of Fantastic Four. Which is <laughs> are we talking Captain America? Now that we like comic version right now, that's that he's like Hydra, Hydra now. Fuck no, let's that <laughs> shit. We're, Get out of here with that bullshit. We're gonna go classic Captain America. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Unless he has dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he's not going to kill Mr. Incredible. Put pushed to the extreme. Has to happen. The needs of many versus the needs of one. Well, I mean, there's no way to kill a cartoon. Okay. That's Other fair. That's dip. Jamie, high five on that. God, God damn it. <laughs> I, have, I have Unless, to give it to I was you. like, I didn't That's understand what fantastic. you said when you said, when you said the dip from Roger Rabbit. I didn't understand what you meant. Now I fucking get it damn because it. I'm stupid. All right. I'll give it to you. That was good. That was <laughs> good. You have dip damn from it. Roger Rabbit. You cannot kill a cartoon. Fuck yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to give... All right, so, I mean, unless we're bringing that in, that's then it's fucking... Amazing. Captain America would. Mr. Incredible, it. yeah. Um, <laughs> let's say they're both... It's it's the it's the uh, human version of Mr. Incredible versus okay. Captain America. Which is basically America. me. <laughs> exactly. What are his powers again? He's basically the thing from Fantastic Four. He's okay. strong. He's super He's, strong. Yeah, super strong. Which I was going to do... Initially, I was going to do the thing versus... Uh, but I didn't... I actually thought the thing would outdo him. Yeah. I think... Because the thing is stood up against the Hulk... And I don't think Captain Marvel or um, Mr. Incredible showed that kind of strength in the movie. Like he showed, he's vulnerable. A definitely heightened strength, but I don't think he showed Hulk thing level strength. So I feel like Captain America would win. I, I mean, I say definitely Captain America, but I also have zero emotional attachment to Mr. Incredible. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be emotional attached to get the right answer. I mean, I don't know. Because I feel like, although strong, he's still like a dad that's like past his prime. Well, I mean, it was just saying, like, prime, Mr. Like, we're saying prime, okay. like, a, like a, a classic Captain America versus prime Mr. Incredible. Okay. Even both, then, both in their primes, but you're still giving it to Cap. Even then, because I just think Cap's heightened reflexes, his, his shield, shield um, I feel like his tactical uh, abilities. Okay. Mr. Incredible is, he's a strong dude, but, you know, he's never been trained 
you know, he's never gone on those missions that Captain America has. And while he's strong, he doesn't really have like the heightened like he doesn't can't jump real high, can't run real fast. Like he's just yeah. strong. He's just a strong dude. Can they bring in like the resources, like Shield versus the whole family? Oh shit! Ooh. So it's a team battle now. Oh, but see now, now we've got a conundrum because Sam Jackson is. Do we have a paradox? We do because Sam Jackson's <gasps> in both. He is. Oh, full Sam circle. Jackson versus Sam amazing. Jackson. Yes. <laughs> Nick Fury versus what was it, the Freeze? Mister. F- it wasn't Mr. Freeze. It was Iceman. I, was it Iceman? I think so. That's All right, Maverick. Yeah. Iceman, Maverick. So, all right, if we're doing the whole, like, so essentially we're doing Avengers versus, Avengers versus everyone from The Incredibles? That's that's not fair. Avengers. That's Avengers, yeah. like, without a Because obviously Hulk's going to be there to smash. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thor will. And you have a, go- a demigod. Yeah. yeah. Thor will lightning bolt them all to So help. who can we put, uh... Fantastic. The Defenders? It was like Fantastic Four versus Ugh. The Avengers. Fine. All right, yeah. Let, honestly, let's do that. <laughs> let's do the Fantastic... Because it's the same fucking skill set. Like, right? let's just do that. Yeah. The hmm. Mr. Credible is the thing. Yep. You got Mrs. Incredible is... Or, no, what was she... Did she have a name? She was... Uh, Stretchy Girl? Ela- Elastic Girl. Elastic Girl. So she's... Is Mr. Fantastic. So Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, the kid who runs real fast. That's basically Human Torch. And then you got the Daphne or whatever that does the force fields. Yeah, she's force fields and can go invisible. Right. So, real life again. We don't have to have dip. (laughs) (laughs) When you said dip, I thought you meant like tobacco. Unless he's got dip, he ain't ain't beating him. just going like, I got dip right here. Let's do this. Let's do this, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I'm still going to give it to the Fantastic Four just because I think Thing could just pound the fuck you out of him. You still think you... What? Yeah. I'm going to give it to... And barring that Fantastic Four were shitty movies, I'm not taking into consideration how well the movies did. The Fantastic Four were, like, first, too, weren't they? Yeah. So they've been around longer. I mean, I'd rather see the Avengers win it, but I don't know enough about the Fantastic oh, Four. Oh, no, we're I... not doing Avengers versus Fantastic Four. We're doing the Incredibles versus oh, Fantastic Four. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought oh. we were doing Avengers versus oh. Fantastic no, Four. No, no, the fucking Avengers win, hands down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Done. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Fantastic Four would obviously win. That's right, yeah. Yeah, because the thing is a rock, and uh, the human torches can light things on fire. Yeah, but, I mean, if we, all right, if we're going to go the the fast dude, Zippy, whatever his little kid name Dash. is. Dash. Like, Dash, yeah. Zippy. <laughs> Zippy's way better. <laughs> Zippy. <laughs> If he well, and you also got the baby. Don't don't forget, like the baby's what does the like. Baby do? We don't know. He can change into different things. Like he can turn into a demon. He can turn into like lead. Oh yeah. So I mean, he he's can fart probably fire or something like that. I'm just saying, like the the if you if you take into account the baby, I feel like that levels the playing field. A little no, bit. it doesn't. All right, it's a baby. I have a baby. It is not level. If, if the anything, baby doesn't turn into a demon. If anything, I don't know that I. If anything, it, it's it's a, it's a liability because they're concerned for the baby's safety. Yeah, but not after the baby proved that it could take care of itself. If everyone's in its prime, does the baby grow up? Ooh, oh, I like this. Oh, shit. Yes. Jamie, you are right for this takedown. You get it. <laughs> You're asking the right question. <laughs> and this is much more my area than these parents. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is a great question. So let's say the baby has the baby has reached the baby has reached dash age. And okay. dash is now old. So like they've all aged slightly. <laughs> But then that puts Mr. Incredible at an older disadvantage. I'm giving it to the Fantastic Four. <laughs> no matter how you cut this, you, we can't give the edge to the Incredible. There's no way they can they can even remotely hurt the thing. That's that's the that's the that's the thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, does anyone in the Fantastic Four have capes? No. Mm, no. Okay. Because good point. Because Incredibles, that's that's what, like a big that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. 
capes. Weird that I haven't seen that movie since the theaters, so I'm surprised <laughs> that I remember that. That's really good. I'm glad you brought that up. You are fucking killing it, Jamie. Right questions. Thank you. Thank you. The right questions. What, what yes. about the villains? Doctor Doom versus uh, Schism- Schismato. What is his name? Syndrome. Syndrome. What does he do? I don't know. He doesn't do anything. He's a tech tech guy. So no matter how, we, literally, no matter how we cut this, Fantastic Four comes out on top. Yeah. All right, done. Great. Sorry, Disney. The Incredibles lose to the Fantastic Four, a Fox property. Womp womp. We need like an air horn or something. <laughs> uh, uh. Is that it? Sure. <laughs> or a like horn, a ship. We do the womp womp. Womp womp. Or a trombone. Womp womp. I just want to hear Doug's different I'm, impressions. I'm into it now. I'm like the dude from Police What's Academy. What's a slide whistle look sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. What, what about it? What about what a car stalling? <laughs> How about slicing into an avocado? So wet avocado. It's ripe. God. Light, lighting a candle. There's no gas in this one. Come on. What about an al- a crocodile stealing a child? Yes, this one is mine. Um, ma, the, ma, ma, ma. the fuck wagon getting towed away. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's how we end that one. (laughs) Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. That was was a ton of fun. Uh, Is there anything you want to promote or anything you got coming up that you want uh, everyone to know about? Um, I'm going to be in a show at PH called Follywood Squares Hmm. that runs. I think, oh God, I don't know the dates. It's Fridays. F- there are five weeks. I think the first one is the first weekend of July. Cool. Fridays at 9.30. Well, and I'm I'm hoping that I get to play Woody Allen, but it's that's not clear yet. What's the show about? <laughs> it's basically like an improvised version of Hollywood Squares. So awesome. be, everyone will be a character. Um, that's some, amazing. Like, that's is it, is it going to be different every time, kind of improvised? Um, yes. Good? I think that oh, wow. um, like we'll play the same character the first couple of shows, and then we'll do a different character, I think. Oh, my God. That's a lot of fun. I really that's like that. So, yeah, I'm yeah. excited about it. Awesome. So, PH. PH. Where can people find you online if you want them to find um, you? Ooh, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> at Jamie Cinematics. Nice. Wonderful. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, guys. For joining us. Guys, you can find MindGap on Facebook. Look us up, MindGap. You can find us on Twitter, at MindGap Podcast. We don't do much there. But if we get 30 followers... We're going to start tweeting. We're going to start doing it. I'm Justin's going to force me to do it. 30 followers, and you get Doug tweeting at you. Right now, we've got seven. So no, We've upped ourselves. I suppose we have. Nice. I'm going to follow you guys as soon as we're done. Say no! It. Damn it! Oh, no, it's happening. And Justin has a website. You can follow me online, justinstrandland.com, uh, where you can listen to this podcast as well as the other one I do every Monday with Milo Stavanovitz. It's called The Best Bar Podcast Ever, and it truly is The Best Bar Podcast Ever. It's true. And uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. Um, while you're online, check us out at iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us. Review us on there. Let us know if there's a topic that you want us to, to, to talk about. On the social medias, did you like the paradoxes? Mm. Did, do you have a different opinion of than what we answered the paradoxes Can to be? Can you solve these? Because we did. Right. <laughs> Let us know. Seriously. Uh, uh, Holla at us, as they say. Holler. Holla, holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. holla. Holler. And guys, thanks for everything you've done. Oh, wait, TweetSafe.com. TweetSafe. <gasps> and TweetSafe Productions on all social medias. Thank you guys for listening. And guys, just remember, you know, when times get tough, at least you don't have a fuck wagon. See you next week. Mind Gap Podcast. <laughs>